0: The CGA Tour, a podcast
1: unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander.
0: Welcome back to another episode of The Big Three in OKC. I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. And as always, I'm joined by Joel DeNicolo, which I cleared to be clear with everyone who watched and listened to the podcast, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, I know how to pronounce joel's name correctly i was trying to make a joke last week and i even stuttered on making the joke so that's why i couldn't figure it out but that's why i said joe instead of joel and etc um shout out to news nine there but <laughs> nonetheless it's not it's kind, of, it's kind of we're playing the big two here we're kind of you know playing a little bit of uh, russell westbrook and andre robertson for 2017 the two top leading scorers from that team or as i sorry you'd put it joel <laughs> Ad and LeBron or LeBron and D Wade or whatever because we're missing Walter <laughs> and Zev this week. We couldn't even couldn't get either of those guys with uh, family obligations, work, all type of stuff going on too. So, anyways, is that, we, is
1: that, what, is that what Walter told you? Family obligations? Because you uh, know, you know, he you said, know, he, he, said
0: uh, he came in with the religious reasons, and you know what. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not going to keep pressing. Yeah, oh. you know, hey,
1: oh, Fair hey, enough. Hey, hey, uh, Can't argue that. Yeah. Can't argue that. Although he did say that um, he wanted to do uh, his power rankings for barbecue sauces and he was rejected. So I don't know. Religion, family, barbecue sauce, power rankings, whatever it is, he's definitely upset. Hopefully we get to see him uh, next week.
0: Walter also thinks that I really don't like the power rankings. And to be clear here, <laughs> I love the power rankings. They just go in a completely different direction than I ever think they will.
1: So... Definitely brings home the term uh, out there in left field for sure. That's, uh, yeah. that's Walter in his uh, in his power rankings, but he got to love it. Not going to lie. Uh, I might uh, appear agitated, um, upset, pissed off when he does them. But deep, <laughs> deep, way deep down, I might chuckle a little bit here and there about him. I do chuckle. Again,
0: did not know we were going to include the milk, you know, kind of variety <laughs> of the cereal power rankings. I'm going as far as milk, but I do chuckle. I do chuckle. So anyways, <laughs> that being said, we are going to fix the team tonight. We're going to talk about which NBA Hall of Fame center would do best in today's game. Um, we're talking about the buyout players. And then if we have time at the end, we're going to talk about updated the Lakers playoff predictions and updated Thunder. Walter, I would say playoff predictions, but let's be honest here. Updated Thunder tankathon.com predictions. So that being said, Joel, um, I want to I want to ask you how do we fix the NBA Pelicans because I was sitting around today you know going through making the outline whatever and I was going you know what we haven't talked about a team that's like on playoff contention we've talked about the Kings talked about the timber pups you know there's they I called them the princes you know I had kind of the the off name for each of them but <laughs> we we haven't talked about a team that's like you know on like in the playoffs right and I was like oh you know what why are the Pelicans doing oh they're in 12th place and they traded JJ Reddick, who's been put in the news recently, he, he has his own podcast where he put it out there in his own self that he didn't appreciate the way that the Pelicans were doing things with his contract. And he demanded to trade in like November or something crazy or whatever too. So
1: Yeah, I was listening to that uh, actually earlier today, um, Mm a little snippet, about 15-minute snippet on that. um, And his uh, trade requests or trade demands, however you want to put it, uh, uh, it had some good reasoning behind it. It's not like a typical, hey, I'm not getting the minutes or, hey, we're not winning. It was, hey, my kids started school in Brooklyn, and I am nowhere near Brooklyn sitting here in Louisiana um and now that we're not really winning or we're not looking as great as maybe we thought we were now kind of the combination. I want to see my family. Um I can get down with that. I'm, I'm huge on family. I'm huge on hanging out with my son, my wife and all that. So I can get down with that. And I feel like there's a lot of truth to that. He had mentioned obviously, um, having uh um, you know the pandemic obviously thrown everything off and you know was unsure of when the season was going to start you know if it was going to be christmas day before or later or um and uh yeah I can I can get down with that uh so I actually kind of felt for him I, I can understand that one and uh yeah it like you put his tra- trust in in the Pelicans um executive uh, level and management and um yeah I and mean, then he sure enough found out uh that he got traded to a city further away than, uh, new Orleans is to uh, <laughs> Brooklyn. And, uh, that's in, uh, Dallas, Texas. So, um, I love the open honesty, uh, uh out of, out of his podcast, especially with him being a current NBA player. Um, uh, I really dig and respect that. Uh, so yeah, definitely feel for him. Uh, sounds like he's still rehabbing his heel injury and I uh, didn't have a set date of when he's actually going to put a, a Mavericks uniform on, but, um, I mean, he's, he's, he, he was honest as could be. So, uh, yeah, he kind of shed a little light that, um, can't trust the New Orleans Pelicans management.
0: Yeah, and I also want to say here, too, like, on one hand, I go, okay, you're an NBA player. You should be able to pick and choose exactly which teams you want to go to or, or whatever. On the other hand, which I got to say, there's all these guys who are in the NBA buyout market, right? Who are just getting bought out and teams are doing goodwill with them because they want to do goodwill with the agents, etc. You would figure that the Pelicans would look at it and go, okay, J.J. Redick, am. Listen, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer or not, but the only year he hasn't made the playoffs is his first year with the Pelicans. Um, So that clearly you got to the Pelicans, you got to go, we got to get to it, right? We got to get kind of crack a lacking, so to speak. But the other thing is as well, okay, you want to do good by JJ Redick. You want to be do good by like guys who have good results in the league. This isn't, hey, we want to make sure that we do great by Kevin Porter Jr., right? Who had, like, outbursts in the locker room, etc., or, or, you know, whatever it is, and now he goes to Houston and gets all the playing time in the world, so he looks amazing. But you want to do, want to do good by NBA players. You, you want to do good, especially if you're a smaller market team, which, listen, New Orleans is a great city, been there before, would definitely go back again, and it, it, it's not, you know, it's not Minnesota in the winter, or whatever I want to say. But at the same point, you're not L.A. or New York, and you kind of got to make sure you do everything right. You got to have all your ducks in a row, etc. So you'd figure they want to do every single thing right that they could by JJ Redick. And so it's a little weird to hear that they didn't. On the other hand, uh, what Richard Jefferson said, Hey, all this is great, but we don't care because he's not a superstar. You know, I mean, that's, you know, Richard Jefferson, he's not an all-star. He's not whatever. We don't care. I got to kind of push back on that a little bit too, because well, we do care because this dude has a podcast who talks about his stuff openly every <laughs> single day. It's listened to by hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, that's not hyperbole. There are a hundred thousand people at least that listen to his podcast on YouTube. We're so pretty
1: close to that, right? We're just under that. We're second oh, yeah, place. Yeah. We're, we're second place. One, right? Yeah. Second place. We got all the video podcasting stuff now. So you know. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: We're, we're getting subscriber count out there. You know, we're getting close to 12 <laughs> subscribers, you know, whatever. We had 14 <laughs> views. The last podcast, as I remember, um, you know, JJ Redick, I don't know why it's the old man in the three. Feels like both of you guys are still under 40, so I don't know how you call call either of you guys old. If you are, then I'm not that far away from being old as a 27-year-old, so hopefully it's wrong. But with all this being said here, I I, I know the Pelicans have have issues, right? They have issues in the front office. They had the trade for Brandon Ingram that still netted them a ton of picks from the Lakers and you know all this type of stuff because they traded away Anthony Davis with still one year left on his contract. You as a Lakers fan, I'm sure we do that trade a thousand times over, but the Pelicans bring in Stan Van Gundy, right? This is his first season, I want to say, with him, and it's supposed to be, let's get a bunch of defense in there. Let's get a, you know, all type of stuff. Well, all right, Zion Williamson looks a little bit better on defense effort-wise than he did earlier on in the season and last year. Great, but they also have just a weird lineup. They have Steven are paying a ton of money, too. They have... Uh, Eric Bledsoe, ton of money to him as well. I think it's a hundred million dollars plus combined with those two guys alone. And then of course, like drew holiday, they kind of trade him for, for granted. They get some picks back and get some stuff for him back too. But I think I'd rather have drew holiday versus Eric Bledsoe. I think everyone would agree with that, even with the picks. And you have now the, the top rookie in the league. I don't know how we rank Zion exactly just yet, but he seems like he has an unstoppable quality. So, but on the Pelicans, if you finish 12th in the league, right? 12th in the Western Conference, that's an issue. I think if you're a spot below the Kings, a spot ahead of the Kings, that all of a sudden becomes a real big issue because you're paying a lot of guys a lot of money. You have Zion. So it's it's go time, right? I mean, this is no longer like, eh, we'll see. I'm okay. And this isn't the Kings where it's like, all right, we got Darren Fox and Tyrese Halberton. We need one more. You know, this, this isn't that situation. This is, hey, we got Zion, let's run, right? Let's go. It's go time, let's run it. So I'll ask you for a cheer. Would you do anything about the coaching situation for Stan Van Gundy? Or do you just go, you know what? That's not the biggest issue. What do you think the What do you think the larger issue is with the Pelicans?
1: Uh, I don't think it's the biggest issue, but I do think it is an issue. Um, again, obviously, you've got J.J. Reddick, you know, shed a little light on that as well. Um, speaking of what you already mentioned, uh, as far as being a defensive-minded coach, obviously he's been and then there for the first oh, you still there yeah yeah
0: still here still here <laughs> internet cop for half a second we're good
1: we're good uh uh and then obviously bringing in Stephen adams a part of the, the drew holiday trade was kind of a unique uh uh swap there um steven adams i'm i'm not too high on especially with that uh, uh i know he signed that contract a few years ago uh but uh bringing him and pairing him up right next to Zion. As soon as I heard that, I was like, yeah, that's not a great move, especially in today's NBA getting – Two guys that are not going to be able to stretch the floor out at all. I know Zion will shoot a few threes here and there, but definitely not in his repertoire yet. Obviously, uh, Stephen Adams doesn't shoot threes at all. Um, So that was the first kind of curious move um, that kind of registered with me. Uh, Alonzo Ball seemed like, obviously, he was mentioned in every single trade rumor this season. Of course, New Orleans decided to uh, stick with him. I think there's some in my opinion some uh false confidence there of Lonzo Ball. I think he'd mention, you know, hey, they didn't trade me so I, I want to be here type of uh, comments. Uh I think that's I think he's out of there <laughs> in, in this upcoming offseason uh cuz you know, you got to feel some type of way when you you are you, you know, when you're starting alongside Eric Bledsoe, 31-year-old aging guard still. I think he has a couple years left on his contract as well. Um, just it, it, it doesn't have a healthy build just yet. Uh, you know, you, 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 got a lot of, uh, young guys, obviously with Zion and, and Jackson Hayes. I, I really like his game fits um, good role player. Um, Alexander Walker, I'm a fan of his as well, but then you kind of pair him up obviously with that JJ Redick trade again. I know obviously he won't be here next year, but it would uh, be there, not here. Uh, James Johnson, uh, 34 years old, Eric Bledsoe again, Steven Adams, uh, just got pieces that just don't fit. Um. So hopefully, like I said, uh, you, you can have some trade bait add in with obviously the draft picks that they'll be having in these upcoming drafts. Uh, of course, we all know. I haven't mentioned yet, uh, Brandon Ingram. You know, locked in with a 158 million guaranteed. You know, uh, it's his uh, big contract that he signed uh, back in November, five year uh, contract. So. Of course, yes. You know, so they got, in my opinion, two two building uh, around pieces with Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. But uh, man, I feel like they hopefully will learn from this year. I don't anticipate them making major strides. Obviously, their trade, even though you know JD had missed you know X amount of games, uh, traded and why he was injured, bringing James Johnson. You know, that's not a you know, improvement at all. Um, so I'd imagine that they will be left out of this year's playoffs, uh, being in that category of being, a, a probably one of the biggest disappointments of teams that are projected not to make the playoffs. um, I think everybody else is kind of lined up as expected for for the most part, other than the Pelicans. Um, so yeah, got to get some pieces in there that fit because uh, I, I I don't like I don't like any of it. Uh, I want I want I want Lonzo out of there. I want Steve Adams out of there. I'll give Stan another year again. You know he he inherited some of this, so I, I'm not big on firing a coach after one year unless it's just an uproar with the players. So uh, yeah. Uh, let's, let's let's get let's let's build around Zion um, and Brandon Ingram uh, getting in uh, a better point guard play and getting uh, a more versatile center in there.
0: Yeah, for for me, I, I completely agree. You need need somebody who can play center alongside Zion. You need somebody who can be that last rim protector, the last rim stuff or whatever. But Steven Adams, I think Steven Adams' time in the NBA, unfortunately, is just not with. With this team, I think Steven Adams would be an amazing dominant force with the like the Brooklyn Nets or whatever, right? He's just not cheap enough because the Nets don't need him to play any offense. They've got all the offense in the world. They just literally need some dude to get some rebounds and just be there to basically just slow down, you know, Anthony Davis slash LeBron slash Giannis slash whoever as they drive to the rim. That's all they, they need um, in the Nets. And instead, the Pelicans, they need to make sure Steven Adams gets out of the way on offense so I can drive to the rim. And so when I look at all the standings here as you just laid them out, the two things I think of when it comes to the Pelicans is that they need Greg Popovich to retire. They really, really do. Because the Spurs should not still be three games over 500 and still be this good without LaMarcus Aldridge, who, hey, you got his first buckets in the Nets uniform tonight? Shout out on I saw you know, Thursday, April 1st. It's not actually, it's April Fool's Day, but not for LaMarcus Aldridge. And, <laughs> and the other thing, too, is, is that if you're one of the playing teams, right? You're you're the 9th or tenth seed is what I'm going with in the Western Conference. They're not separated by a huge deal from the Pelicans right now. You know, it's uh, ninth seed Golden State Warriors, 13 and a half games back. Pelicans are fifteen games back, so they're they're a game and a half within each other of uh, the ninth versus the twelfth seed. So it's not a huge disparity, and actually the Thunder are two and a half games, which is weird to say, but <laughs> really. At the end of the day, the Pelicans need to just play a lot better basketball defensively and offensively. They need everything to go better. I mean, if I look at their splits just on the road, they're horrible compared to at home. Home, they're you know two games over five hundred. On the road, they're they're seven and fourteen. They're half on you know under five hundred. Over their last ten, they're you know one game over five hundred. They're six and four. So not only do the Pelicans need to win the games they should be winning. They also just got to play better on the road, and I think that comes from not having a lot of leadership in the locker room. I would guess. Granted, I, you know, you and I can both agree on the one thing. I'm definitely not the NBA mindset guy as far as the playing goes, but I can speculate enough to go. You know what? Pelicans should not be 21 and 26 this far into the season when the Kings are 22 and 26, when the Grizzlies are 22 and 23, but when you have like the Trailblazers who didn't have CJ McCollum for a while. During this season, like almost, I think a month or more, the Trailblazers are still 29-18. Like, how does that happen? You know, and I I think there's a variety of factors. No one expected the Suns to really play uh, this insanely great with Chris Paul. You know, and I got to be one of the guys who said I did think they'd play insanely great because I was watching all the Thunder games last year. But then again, like the Jazz Suns, okay, those are two teams where, uh, you know what? They don't have like the superstar. They don't have multi they have multiple all-stars, the Jazz do, but they're Rudy Gobert and Dolphin Mitchell, the last two all-star draft picks between those teams, right? Um, Clippers Lakers, 100 percent Nuggets, 110%. Trailblazers. Trailblazers have been like eighth, almost year in, year out. It's odd to me that the Mavericks are seventh, but of all the top eight teams I look through, it's really just the Spurs that I think that the Pelicans could go up there and grab and kind of take out. But that also goes okay. Well, then I'm not counting the Warriors in the playoffs, and a normal year they're in the playoffs every single year. I'm not counting mm-hmm. the Grizzlies in the playoffs, so Pelicans got to get better. The Western Conference is stacked. We you know we can say that seven thousand times, and, and and I'm with you on the coach thing. All right, Stan Van Gundy, SVG, been there one year. You know, like I'm not gonna say you got to go right. Like one year, one year is nothing in the NBA. So gotta give you some more time, but. The specific player that they should kind of trade for is, you know, a different center. I just think they also just need to get a lot more shooting on that team. I think J.J. Reddick shooting 36% wasn't great. And grants an anomaly, et cetera, et cetera. But they need some, they need like Jordan Clarkson or somebody out there. Um, Somebody who could just come off the bench and just light it up or whatever and give them a different offensive firepower or change night to night. But... They almost need somebody who can just play off Zion extremely well. I think Lonzo Ball can play an extremely good point guard alongside Zion because he doesn't need the ball in his hands the entire time. Almost every other point guard in the league needs the ball in his hands all the time to be playing good. I mean, Damian Lillard would be the worst guy to play alongside Zion for that reason <laughs> alone. That's because Damian Lillard also doesn't play in the defense. His offense completely outshines his defense, of course, and that's what you, that's what you play with. But new coach, I go, eh, not yet. Um, player to trade for. I think there's got to be trading for shooting. Um, you got to play Zion as like a hybrid, like four five, you know, he plays a, a, you know, kind of the five ish on, on offense. He plays a four ish on, you know, on defense. You just because he is six, seven and then pretty much roll with it from there. Um, as far as my prediction of when I think they will be good, right. Um, you know, if, if they have all this stuff in place, if they are able to trade for a guy who is better than Eric Bledsoe, right? I think Eric Bledsoe, in theory, three years ago, would have been great for him. Right now, not so much. You know, he's just a little bit too much out of it or out of his prime or whatever it may be. But I think like a, uh, not a Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I'm trying to think of maybe a Thunder player or somebody else that's that's around. But, I mean, to be honest, like, There's just not a lot of guys who are going to play insanely great next to Zion. So my prediction as far as when they can be top four in the playoffs with kind of difference in places, five years, maybe three years, maybe. I mean, it's it's such an up and down league where guys get injured and all types of stuff happens. But if everything works out how it is, I don't see the Pelicans being better than a collection of Nuggets, Suns, Jazz, or both L.A. teams in the next three seasons. I really don't. I mean... The Lakers and LeBron do not look like they're slowing down anytime soon, except for, you know, granted injuries aside, injuries aside, but, you know, I figure all the injuries are going to work out with AD eventually, and they're going to work out really, really well when we have all fans in the stands, and they're not going to take their whole sweet time getting back, too. I mean, the second the Lakers drop out of the top five teams in the West, I think both LeBron and AD kind of come back quicker than not, right? So... um. I don't know what what do you think? Do you do you think there's a shot that well, the Balkans can get top 4? Yeah.
1: Well, five five years from now, uh, Zion will definitely be <laughs> well past his free agency, uh, because uh, it looks like uh, Zion obviously did uh, had the team option uh, exercise uh, just uh, in December. Um, so he still has a couple more team options. So let's say they obviously will we'll pick those up. You know, they got him till two thousand and twenty three, <laughs> uh, which is only uh, two more seasons beyond this year. So. Uh, again new orleans kind of being in a small market um you know we've seen how the growth of anthony davis was very um appealing to the larger market teams of course uh was coming up in uh, all the trade war- rumors you know of, of every major team you know the the Knicks, the bulls lakers of course um you know zion would be right on that that path if they're not winning and i think that's obviously what happened with anthony davis where they won yeah this. They they got some first round matchups, uh, that didn't go in their favor. And then before you know it, once you start peaking, your name's getting bigger, uh, your values getting higher, um, then you're, you know, it, it's really crunch time to, to, to make something happen. So, um, yeah, <laughs> if, if you're projecting the, you give him five years that, that might be without Zion cause, uh, he might be elsewhere. So, uh, yeah, so Pelicans definitely, I, I feel like the pressure is on as crazy as that sounds, you know, with a team that is not in the playoffs right this second, uh, um yeah they they got they gotta they gotta make some moves I know they are just refreshing their draft picks they have a couple first rounders and a couple second rounders uh going into this year's draft which obviously everybody's drooling over uh probably one of the biggest um drafts um in recent history um so maybe they can get lucky with a couple of those first rounders and like I said make some two or three offseason moves uh, again I'm not on the board of just getting rid of Stan just yet um but yeah, uh, still a few moves away. Uh, again, you know, I think there's teams that are I think we've talked about this on previous podcasts of kind of where they're at. Are they on the championship contending level? Are they just bottom of the barrel? Are they just kind of right in the middle? Um, I would definitely can still consider New Orleans right in the middle, but just literally maybe two or three moves away from uh, making some major noise and, you know, talking about being in the uh, that upper level uh, of the playoff picture uh, pending those moves.
0: Yeah, 110 percent. Now, I also think, you know, I look through their entire roster and look through the list. I mean, Jackson Hayes has got to be playing more minutes every single night than, than unfortunately, Stephen Adams. I'm a huge Stephen Adams fan. Of course, he played with the Thunder, a great dude. But at the end of the day, you're trying to win games, and I think you got to really give the progression and the to- the playing time to Jackson Hayes to see if he can play extremely well or not. And, hey, he was a 10th overall pick, if I remember correctly. So he's still a lottery pick, and he's he's got to get some more minutes in that lineup. I mean, if he's not playing great on defense, like, that's why he got Stephen Gundy. Um, if you're not playing around on offense, well, that's also why you got, you know, <laughs> that's why you got Zion. So you, you got to figure it out because a combination of Zion, Lonzo, and Eric Bledsoe is not going to be a playoff contender, you know, on paper. But either Zion's got to up it where he's scoring 30 a night or Pumkin's got to make some more moves to help him out with um rest of this roster because, honestly, it's just a lot of this roster is just, eh. And I didn't even I didn't even mention, of course, Brandon Ingram because I don't know I don't know if he's the guy to play alongside Zion. I don't I don't know if he is or not. Um, it looks like kind of both of them need the ball in their hands, and they're both kind of play at least around the same height level position wise. Granted, they definitely play the position differently, but but still, it's uh I guess a little odd to put it that way, but I'll try my best. So. Uh,
1: I, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it works uh, again, pending those other pieces. Uh, Brandon Ingram is a guy that you can give the ball to again, when you're thinking about close games and really competing in, you know, making playoff pushes. you got to have a guy that's consistent. Uh, we're not flipping a coin up, man, who's going to take this last second shot to, you know, we're down to who's going to make it happen. Uh, Brandon Ingram is automatically that guy on that team. So it's that's that's a big plus on his resume, especially right now. Um, so I like him on the team. I think it will work with Zion. But again, you definitely got to get Steve Maddox out of there. Yeah got to find another shooter for him and something and another shooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, exactly. Uh, I was just looking refreshing kind of there. Uh, when you're talking about having a poor three-point shooting team, you're you're hundred percent correct. They're bottom third and three-pointers attempted three-pointers made and three-point percentage. So, uh, and that is obviously, even though it was a very small amount of time with JJ Reddick, uh, on the team and now he is gone. So, uh, again, the, there's no improvement from this year's NBA tread deadline. So, uh, yeah, definitely think this offseason have to make some, Moves and definitely had some shooting in there.
0: Yeah, and also got to think of this as well. Got to, got to figure out a way. Got to figure out a way to um, get Joe Harris instead of for Stephen Adams. There's no way the Nets would ever do that <laughs> trade because the because you can just find centers on the buyout market. We Andre Drummond for 800K, you know, for the Lakers last you know part of the season. Blake Griffin for who's going to play a hybrid center role for the Nets for whatever it is too, right? Like, uh, it, I mean. Andre Drummond, uh, man, just too many of these guys are on the buyout market available. But with all the centers being said, um, I, you know, which which Hall of Fame center? And this is just kind of a question I had here because I was curious about it. As we talk about all the centers, the typical centers phasing out of the NBA, right? Like, Anthony Davis, I think, would not play a center in 2000. 2000, he'd be power forward for sure. The way he can shoot the ball and handle it, et cetera but with all the centers being phased out and us seeing less and less of a traditional center kind of Stephen Adams, DeMarcus cousins, you know, it's probably one Dwight Howard, which hall of fame NBA center do you think would play best in today's game? Um,
1: uh, so this one's easy to me. Um, yeah. if, if, if you don't know me, um, obviously Walter knows me a few more years than you have. Um, he won't be surprised by this. You might be a little bit. Uh, um, I'm, I'm going to stick to my guns, man. Uh, and you're going to be like, no, Joe, were, t- we're talking about this year's this style of NBA right. play. Right. I'm going to throw the most dominant NBA center still it doesn't matter what era if it was in the 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s 2000s when he played or in 2021 he is the most dominant unmovable force there's ever been and that's Shaquille O'Neal. yeah all right uh, yeah, a couple reasons that. behind it obviously we're talking about a four-time NBA champion you know uh, MVP NBA rookie of the year. Hell, he won player of the year in college. Uh, he's dominated in every year he's played, other than obviously once, you know, he, he once obviously started getting older, of course. Um, so if I, if I can do a Shaq in his prime, you know, right around that 2000 year, I, I still think he would be an MVP type of player. Um, I was looking at, uh, again, you know, the style of play that I'm assuming you're referring to is obviously a little bit more oriented t- towards, you know, stretching out low further from a rim, obviously three-point shooting. Pace and space t- NBA. Yeah, a little yes. bit of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I was looking at it. Um, so, Calvin, do you know what year the three-point line was introduced to the NBA? Not off the top of my head. So it was introduced in 1979. That's the first year the NBA introduced the three-point line. You know how <laughs> each team, how many three-pointers they attempted that year? I'm going to say like under 400 because
0: I think there's some Steph Curry. Oh, per game.
1: I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Per game. I'm okay, talking about okay, a whole, okay. A whole team, not a player. A yeah. Team yeah. Uh, per like game. Under, five,
0: under five, under five or guess. something, right?
1: right? They averaged yeah. three, taking three threes a game in 1979 first year of the, <laughs> the three-point line and each team averaged three pointer three three-pointers a game that's unreal to me do you know last year what the average was per game for a team taking threes it had to be like 30 plus or something Right, That's, it's to you know, insanely you know crazy. Yeah, you know your stuff, man. Thirty-four, Ooh. so it's crazy. So there's some evolving, obviously, that has transpired from 1979 to obviously now, uh, big time. Um, now, obviously, you're talking about players and centers. Um, <laughs> MVP wise, since the three-point line was introduced again in 1979, you know how many centers have won the MVP award. Two? Since 1979. Look, a couple more, a couple more. Four, but it's man? been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Four, and it's been a while though. And the yeah. last one was Shaquille yeah. O'Neal. Yeah. He was the last yeah. to win MVP. So uh, I, I take that into my uh, uh, decision making and my equation uh, of talking about, you know, the most dominant center to ever play. Technically, he's the most dominant, the last center to win an MVP uh, and the most recent center to win an MVP. And he. <laughs> it, <laughs> I know they list him majority of the time. Obviously, I know his weight fluctuated. Of course, again, the older he got, you know, compared to obviously his early years in Orlando, and then he put on a, quite a bit of muscle in L.A. And then, just be honest, you know, got a little out of shape once he started going to you know team hopping a little bit for Phoenix and Cleveland, and especially but his final year in Boston, of course, that everybody you know forgets about. Uh, but if I can, if I can get a a, a year two thousand again, that was his MVP year. If I can get him, oh yeah, he he's gonna dominate this year because you got to remember. These centers that are in the league, even though there are quite a few centers that step out, who's the center that comes to mind, Calvin, to you about that really steps out and shoots multiple threes each and every game at the true center position now? Uh, Is it Joel Embiid? I mean, that's Joel Embiid, yep. Joel Embiid, of course, and Joker are two Mm -hmm. of the MVP contending uh, uh, individuals in this year's. Um, they both shoot about three threes a game, still nothing too crazy. Three threes a game for Joker, Joker and Embiid. You got a couple guys that shoot a few more like Kat, uh, and, uh, Vucevic. They're both at about six each. Porzingis is about six each, but after that, it's really a drop off. So you technically, even though we're talking about the new style play and obviously these quote unquote centers that are in the, in today's game, There's only less than uh, less than 10 that really step out and shoot it consistently. There's still quite a few starting centers in this year's league uh, in this uh, style of play that are still. I'll say I want to say old school, but don't have that type of game that we might think Uh, a few that come to mind uh, with uh, Bam in Miami. Andre Drummond, like you mentioned earlier, DeAndre Ayton, uh, Clint Capella. Rudy Gobert. These are guys that don't shoot any threes whatsoever. And these are starting centers in the NBA. So I'm taking those guys into effect. And out of those guys, who's going to hold Shaq? Not a, no, not no, a, one's, not no
0: one's, no one's going to hold him down. <laughs> the, the flip side of this, I think is, is that who is Shaq going to come out in three point line and play against is is, is Shaq going to get cooked against Joel in the NBA finals, right? So, is, is that, and that, that's kind of where I go back and forth. So that's where I bring in, The, I mean, when I, when I talk about centers, this is not a guy that I think of as a center every single day of the week, just because of how the center position has changed the NBA. But that's because I go, all right, Andre Drummond's not guarding this dude. I mean, he's just not Joel Embiid, maybe, but probably not. Um, Joker. Yeah. He's kind of, he's kind of stepping out. Rudy Gobert, hundred percent. Rudy Gobert is one defensive player of the year. I think, you know, at least once. And that's, I got to, I got to get up to the skyhook himself, you know, Kareem. And I, I looked through, I looked through Kareem's accomplishments when I was trying to come up with this of like, who would I put down? Because Shaq was the immediate, like, go to just, all right, Shaq, it's going to be, going to be him. And I have him as like, Shaq, is like 1B because no one's playing defense against Shaq in today's NBA. Nobody's stopping him. Nobody ever did in his heyday. What was it now the undersized centers? No one would at all, right? But if I want to give a kind of the you know kind of the flip side of it, the other side of it is a two-time Finals MVP, 19-time All-Star. Granted, but 10-time All de- Defensive Selection, um, and Kareem. And I mean this this guy was still winning, you know, still winning um championships almost in the second to last season, which is I think I think we're gonna see LeBron almost do that here. But six-time MVP as a center and averaging career-wise 24 points per game and 11.2 rebounds per game as well but the other thing that I would think would hurt Shaq here is is that the NBA like you said teams are not afraid to go more than 33 points a game they're not a, they're not afraid at all just to dive straight into the stats well I, I gotta say here I think that the Nets playing you know the Nets are playing the Lakers in the finals you know and they're playing the Kobe Shaq Lakers I think that, hey, you know what? Blake Griffin is fouling out all six fouls on Shaq and him by the free throw line. <laughs> I, I think that I I believe that every single team in the NBA would just go, hey, you know what? We can't stop you at all, but you cannot hit a free throw. You're on the court. We're fouling you. And, and just kind of deep dive way, way deeper into the hack of Shaq than we had seen before. I think a lot more teams wouldn't be afraid of it, especially if you're a team that's like, I mean, um, I'm not going to say that team, but the Rockets this year right like the rock is just like hey you know what screw it hey you know what We pj tucker's just gonna foul out literally in the first you know wait, well, granted when he, before he started playing for the bucks but we're just gonna have pj tucker just kind of have his you know his 30 minutes in a game or whatever but his last five minutes of his playing he's gonna have all six fouls on Shaq or whatever it is you know or five and just go completely out out of out of the question of yeah all right you know we'll just hack a shack because at the end of the day like They'll put us up on Center, but also, all right, we'll see if Shaq can actually hit these free throws. We'll see, you know, and whereas Kareem, always a great free throw shooter, so I don't think anyone would even try that against him or try that strategy, and the defensive thing is something I really didn't know about Kareem before looking into him, because I always know, I mean, the league leader in points, you know, 38,000 points, granted an amazing career of, I you mean, know, I said 19-time All-Star LeBron still is looking for his 19th year in the league, right? So, um, which which I don't think LeBron's going to not get to. I think he's going to get there. But um, for a guy who had this longevity of a career and all this type of stuff, the points alone and the defensive, you know, all defensive selections, I, I got to go with Kareem here. And I'm just kind of playing offy a little bit. You know, I probably would have said Shaq if you would have said a Kareem too, just in all honesty.
1: So... <laughs> no. No, I love, it's always an intriguing conversation when you do compare eras, you know, whether it's team, you know, talking about, you know, the the 90s Bulls, obviously a very, very popular team talking about playing, you know, the Showtime Lakers, obviously the Warriors, you know, here just a few years ago, any of the LeBron teams, it's always fun, uh, very, um, uh, uh entertaining conversation when you when you're talking about different eras different style of play because also something to consider is obviously you know uh, the rules and the way ha- uh, <laughs> uh, the way they uh, ref the games now are, are night and day so um <laughs> it seems like the the older you get and you fall back on you know the era that you're most familiar with obviously growing up with you kind of take a uh, pride <laughs> in, in those eras and w- when you're talking about comparing it to newer day modernized basketball uh, Um, you always kind of favor with the older style. So, um, again, um, uh, I'll admit I'm biased, but I'm also real at the same time with I just don't see, as you mentioned, the size of these centers are smaller than what they were back then. I mean, uh, outside of Embiid, Joker, and Drummond, those guys are all 280-plus. Everybody's a a little twig out there compared to to, to Shaq. Um, You know, I mean, you got guys out there, you know, bam, at 250, you know, Gobert 260, Clint Capella 250, DeAndre Ayton 250. I mean, he would just go to work, and yeah, the the whole shack obviously theory. Um, you know, of course it was done. It wasn't done often, but it was done in certain scenarios. Um, would also slightly work out in Shaq's team's favor because, again, kind of going hand in hand with how basketball is played now, is of course you know uh, the generalization of oh they just shoot more threes, but also there's a there's a tempo and pace. That is night and day. The scoring has seems like every year the the points per game per team is just going up and up and up because the pace is increasing. Well, if you're doing hack-a-shack, you're kind of working out in the favor of Shaq's team because you're not getting able to go out and transition or getting that pace and that rhythm to some of these faster uh, uh, and quicker games out there. So, uh, again, got to step up and hit the free throw line. But it's funny that you said the Rockets, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, trying to trying to use that uh, that scheme out there. I just saying, i remember back in uh, a few years ago, it was uh, the Rockets who had sent Andre. They did a, a hack of Drummond. Do you remember that? And they sent Drummond so. to the, Yeah. Drummond to the free throw line 36 times in one game. <laughs> and guess what? The Rockets lost. <laughs> so it, it, it hack a checks, easy to say, hey, that's a scheme, but it's not really used that often because a coach, one, has too much pride to really do that style. And two, it doesn't guarantee anything. Yeah, I think that's
0: very true as well. I, I was kind of going with it of, okay, a team will just take a night off and they'll just go, you know what? We're just going to hack a Shaq. We're going to go fully into the stats, see how this works out for one of our 72 games this season. But but you're right as well. Like, it slowed the game down a lot. Definitely give everyone on the Lakers a chance to breathe for a second, as well as Shaq, right? So if he's having to run up and down the court, you know, he's playing with all this, you know, kind of this pace and space offense. Well, then all of a sudden he's at the free throw line. He gets a couple seconds to take a breather and, you know, kind of, you know, if he does miss the second free throw, well, he kind of gets to jog back down the court, right? He's already at the free throw line. He's not all the way into the basket. So, anyways, um, with all that being said here, there is um, a couple more questions here we have on the pod. And we've seen a lot of buyout, guys. Bill Simmons' podcast covered it with uh, Rajah Bell earlier this week. I was listening to that a little bit, too. so That's kind of where this idea comes from of, man, okay, well, the Lakers just get just get Drummond. The Nets just get Griffin and DeMarcus Aldridge, right? Like, at some point, there's got to be a penalty to getting buyout guys, but but yeah. right now, there's not. There's just there's no penalty. Why would you not go get a buyout guy if you're you know if you're the Lakers, you traded you you trade with the Pelicans, as I said before. Um, why would you not just go sign Drummond? Why would you go trade for a center? You know, hey, we got whatever No, no, just wait for the buyout market to hit and then go get that guy or whatever it is too, right? So with all this being said, excuse me, there are plenty of bio guys, Austin rivers, buyout guy, um, you know, plenty of guys. Who do you think will have the biggest impact for their new team of these buyout guys here?
1: Well, if you would ask this question yesterday compared to today, um, of course, you know, the, the Laker fandom is going to come out mm-hmm. on me strong and that's going to be Andre Drummond. Uh, but of course, if, uh, if anybody caught that, uh, Lakers bucks game out in the Staples center last night, uh, he only got to uh, get 14, 14 minutes in before obviously went out with a toe injury. That's, so what I'm is is going to sideline him for at least a couple of weeks at least. So I was really anticipating that it was going to be uh, Andre Drummond having the biggest impact. And uh, when the Lakers need him most, again, you know, got the whole LeBron and AD being out at the same time, you know, not – not in a set timeline just yet. Just you know, weeks away is kind of what they're throwing out there. Um, you know, they're, they're still holding steady right now. Obviously, uh, it's a fourth seed in the West, so it's still not a, a red alert moment. But still, um, you know, with it literally being weeks away now for not just LeBron, not just AD, and now we're throwing Drummond in there, who was you know going to be uh, the big man in the middle, you know, a rim protector. Are uh, uh, you know grabbing all the boards, blocking all the shots, contesting all the shots, um, being or scoring inside? Um, now he's out. So uh, man, it's kind of a, a Andre Drummond with an asterisk to, on that. And uh, we're we're on a, a couple of week uh, delay now on seeing uh, you know what that uh, that impact is going to be. Uh, but I was going to say him, you know, pre injury, um, just because the need is there right now. Um, you know, the Lakers are going away from Marcus. I don't even know if we're going to see Mark Gasol again, <laughs> um, you know, just due to how bad, you know, it was looking out there with Mark out there and how much we were needing um, a more athletic center. Um, so still going to stick with Drummond. It's just going to be a delayed uh, response reaction wow. on, on what the impact is going to be um, with uh, Drummond and, and Kuzma and Dennis out there kind of leading the way for the Lakers and carrying us until uh, we get the uh, get the studs back.
0: Yeah, and listen, I understand the Drummond, Drummond idea, at least for sure, too. But I'm, I'm going to go with the guy who I think is going to be in the closing lineups for possibly finals games. Definitely Eastern Conference finals, my predictions, but probably finals games. And it's just a huge help to this team in an aspect that they do need help in, which is a bigger guy who can make some shots down at the end of the games, especially if one or two or possibly three other guys are dealing with injury issues. And that's Marcus Aldridge. Um, I think I think really for the Nets that's the guy that they needed. I, Blake Griffin will be helpful and valuable, and I go into that. And I'd much rather rep the guy from Oklahoma than the guy from Texas, even though he went to the wrong <laughs> Oklahoma school. But all that being said, Aldridge has been has been able to play at an elite level. His defense has not been great at all this year. In fact, his defense was great in 2016, and since then it's really dropped off a curb. But the Nets are not going to be built on defense. We know this. We, we, know, we know the Nets are not going to be built on defense for pretty much as they exist right now. Kyrie, James Harden, and KD. Katie. KD's the best defender out of those three guys. You know, Maybe Kyrie every so often. But Marcus Aldridge is going to be able to fill that void if KD not playing for a little bit. And let's see how much longer or when he comes back and how stable he is, all type of stuff. But Aldridge can get that scoring, scoring kind of points in. I know he's a little bit older, but as a buyout guy for the rest of the season, I think Aldridge will be the guy who makes a ton more of the. Um, I, I guess there's a ton more of the impact, really, because I don't think Blake is going to make a huge impact for the Nets. It's not going to be at least one that we're talking about every single night. It might be a couple of great dunks here and there, but that'll be it. Um, the other buyout guys, I don't think I'm forgetting anyone too much. But like Austin Rivers, I think will play. Some, some for the Bucks, but he's not going to be their six man even. You know, I mean, if he can be great for them, but I don't think he's going to be huge. Whereas Aldridge plays like a hybrid center forward. He can hit some outside shots, but I mean, he's just, um, he's averaging thirteen and a half points per game this season. His three point percentage average is closer to thirty seven percent than his thirty six percent even. And I, you know, I just think he's going to be able to hit. More, more shots, and then just really contribute to the team as far off as offensively goes to anything else. And then they'll put in Nick Claxton whenever they need the defensive help, you know, too. So that's at least what I'm going with right now. Is I'm, I'm going with Marcus Aldridge. This team is such a weird team to look at. The Nets, though, because I know almost all the names. Bruce Brown, of course, got traded before previously, so I know him going in. Spencer Dinwiddie, of course, I know him from his Bitcoin contract. Um, <laughs> Kevin Durant, Jeff Green, shout-out to the Thunder. Blake Griffin, shout-out to the University of Oklahoma. Can't believe we said that on a podcast. Of course, James Harden, Joe Harris, Kyrie. I mean, this team is just bizarre when I look up and down it. Um, it's the OKC Nets at this point. But, yeah, you Landry know, Landry's which at Wichita State. But, but still, um, I think the Nets will have Marcus Aldridge. Kind of the flip side of this question, though, is, is who do you think will benefit with the biggest contract After this season right we'll be we'll be Drummond I think he's the youngest one of these guys Right maybe it's Rivers. I kind of forget With how old he is
1: Yeah uh, Well we got a Andre Drummond Is I believe Just double checking right quick 27 and you got Austin Rivers Definitely in that same category At uh, Sorry 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 28 yeah so you got him right in there right right in the Same uh, category um, yeah, I mean, here we go with the Knicks conversation. We've kind of flirted with them throughout the throughout this uh, podcast year. Um kind of seeing what they're going to be out, uh, be about how serious they're going to be. And uh, sure enough, here we are on uh, April 1st. Uh, it's April Fool's Day and man, it's fooling us all. They're still in the playoffs, if it was a start today with that six seed, with a 500 record of 24 and 24, um, I think they obviously were needing uh, help at that position. So, uh, and I don't think there's going to be anybody that's going to dump the uh, you know back up the uh, the money truck though. Um, Toss Rivers as they would uh, Andre Drummond. I, I just don't see that. Um, just the the value, the impact. I think would be much heavier with Andre, whether it is with the Lakers or with another team. But um, potentially more likely with another team um, based on you know this con. The contract situation is tied up in LA. Uh, we're just uh, getting getting our hands tied pretty um, pretty tight here. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely say uh, again, uh, Andre Drummond for my my, my second answer of the second question uh, on this one. Uh, definitely uh, out, out of all the buyout guys, uh, uh, again, obviously. Blake Griffin, obviously, he, he looks better now as a net than he did in the piston. Um, however, uh, it's kind of how the roles all play out. Um, if he likes his role um, in a lesser role uh, that was you know, more favored to winning. Then uh, maybe he maybe the Nets do get a little generous uh, again. I'm uh, always leave the counting questions to you and, and Walter when it comes to <laughs> the finances of teams. Um, but yeah, if I got answer that, I would say yeah, German probably benefit the most. He's going to be obviously probably in the NBA Finals, and he's young. He's young, um, and he has a lot to offer. So I
0: I 100% agree with Drummond, and the reason why I say that is because basically the same things. I mean, he's the younger one out of these four guys we mentioned so far between Blake, LaMarcus, um, Andre Drummond, and Austin Rivers. But I'm going to cheat a little bit just so I have more to add to this conversation. And that's a guy who hasn't (laughs) been bought out yet, but has been rumored to be bought out, and that's Otto Porter Jr. I think Otto Porter Jr. could be a guy who, listen, um, also 27. Um, can't believe that I gotta say this, Porter Jr., I feel like he's much older than I am, but he's only two months older than me. Actually, a little bit mm-hmm. less than that. But I think that I think that Jr.'s skill set as a three and D type of guy who's got to gonna be asked to play a lot more defense than others, could be the, the guy who's given the most amount of money. Just because I don't think Drummond's gonna get that much money. I really don't. I I think Drummond's skills are good, but I almost feel like it's bad for him to go to the Lakers because we be marginalized as far as how much they need him. I feel like the Lakers are already so good offensively. They're not going to need Drummond to do anything on offense. Which, hey, maybe that's Drummond's whole thing. Hey, come get me. You know, come pay me, whatever. You know, back up the truck so you can just, you know, basically have me get rebounds every single night. That's, That's cool and great. But Drummond, to me, has been a guy who's just a bunch of stats for several seasons. And if he's just a bunch of stats, again, for the Lakers, like at the top tier, top echelon of the NBA, I don't think his value goes up that much. And... That's why I can see Drummond just not being paid that much, to be honest with you. Um, I always made the joke before. Andre Drummond had a 20, I think a $27.8 million um, player option coming into the season. And I can tell you one thing's for sure. He was straight to Cleveland because the team he was with previously knew he was going to opt in. That was the easiest opt-in we saw before, right? No team was going to pay him more than thirty million a year. Now, will another team pay him more than that on average over a couple of years? Probably not. I don't think we're gonna see on the NBA for a while again, but will a team pay, you know, kind of a, a good amount for him going to next season? Possibly. I could see Drummond getting a ten million dollars a year salary or something like that. It's not gonna be close to thirty again. And that's where I kind of think that Porter Jr. might be able to get, you know, the, the twelve or thirteen million dollars or whatever. Granted, I'm cheating at this question again because he hasn't been pot out yet. He's still playing for the magic, as far as I know. And <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I kind of see the, the lakeshowlife.com has him as uh, at least three days ago. He would be the final touch, the chef's kiss to win the title. So, <laughs> which at this point, I mean, Ford Jr. we get some minutes with uh, LeBron and AD and Drummond out as well. So, that's just my uh, buyout guy. I think we've got time for just a little bit last year to add, add the questions. Um, you want to give me an update on your Lakers playoff predictions? Have they been wavering at all on finals Finals championship, or just just the injuries and stuff? Or Are you still going Lakers all the way? Not a chance that they they lose in the finals. Not a chance.
1: Uh, not just a chance. Get these yeah. get, get these guys back. Uh, obviously, our seating is going to look a little bit night, uh, a little bit different than uh, what we originally projected. So a little bit night and day different seating wise, um, which is <laughs> it's going to be unique. I mean, if we can. Again we're four. We're only half a game ahead of the Nuggets and the Blazers, you know, let's just say worst case scenario we do you know, lose you know lose three out of the next seven or whatever the case may be, and drop a few slots. Then our route uh, will just kind of flip flop. You know what I'm saying? Uh, instead of being a higher seed, playing a lower seed, being you know probably the Blazers or Mavericks, um, uh, maybe we'll just flip around. Obviously, I think we play we <laughs> we started last year's run with the Blazers. So we might get them again, and they'll be a higher seed than us. Um, so it'll just be a different uh, path to the finals. Uh, but yeah, once once we get these guys back, adding in. Andre as well. Um, I did hear. obviously, uh, we're looking for, whether it is auto Porter or just another three D guy to add, um, you know, one, add one more piece and, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be, we'll be, uh, back uh, in the front runner position of, uh, the whole this 2021 season looks like it's lining up again. Once these guys get healthy again, uh, a Lakers Nets uh, matchup in the finals. I think if either of those two teams do not make it, it'll definitely be a drop off of ratings because it's it's built up and lined up perfectly uh, to just be a monster mash. Uh, a monster matchup uh, between uh, uh, these two uh, heavy hitters uh, with a lot of all-stars in between them, uh, a lot of accolades. Uh, obviously, Lakers coming off their championship. Uh, Nets, obviously, the new coach, Steve Nash, and you know, uh, KD, back in uniform, Kyrie, uh, all the buyout guys. Seems like every buyout you know, obviously jumped on board with going to the Nets. Even J.J. Redick was... Thinking he was going to go to the Nets, even though it didn't happen, um, kind of seemed like a landing place for everybody to go and just kind of build a, a super team to go against, uh, you know, the most dominant team. Yeah, uh,
0: I mean, it seems like the Nets is just a bunch of guys who go, we're too cool to play with LeBron. We got we got to go to the other team. We got to go. Got to go to the other team. We don't want to be part of LeBron's team. It's LeBron at, at this point. LeBron is a brand, right? Like there's no doubt about it. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the, the bottom line is center Red for like two days straight. LeBron, part owner of the Red Sox. I'm like, well, okay, let's dive a little bit deeper here, guys, right? Let's. <laughs> he's a part owner of the group of the group that is a part owner of the Red Sox. Like, it's like, yeah, he's also part owner of Arsenal at this point, too. Like, that didn't break news. Anyways, Um, so I always think it's funny with that. I will say here with the Thunder stuff because I don't have anything really to to bash about the Lakers until we see LeBron and AD back with a little, you know, if LeBron and AD play differently when they come back, then I'm willing to, you know, give a verdict or some type of information. But previously, these guys have been injured, you know, for a little bit. LeBron was injured for his first shoot in the Lakers. Came back the next season, like nothing missed. You know, Nothing out of it. You know, he's he spends a million dollars, at least a year on his body and physicality alone. I don't doubt that, um, uh, from the way he plays and at, at this age, how well he plays too. So, I think they'll be just fine until I see anything differently. As far as the thunder via tankathon.com, which if you've not been to this website before, I will say it's a recent find as far as the NFL part of it. I didn't know they had the other aspects of the website, but I have been using the website a little bit for the NBA for several years, at least as long as I've known about it. And I got to say, I had the, I had the SIM lottery button and the first thing it pops up with is that number one pick Minnesota, number two pick Detroit, number three pick Cleveland, Number four pick, Oklahoma City. And number five pick, Houston, which Oklahoma City would get. So that's the first time I hit the Sim the Lottery button. Um, I will, as a Thunder fan, I will take that. The Houston Rockets, um, they, they made their bed from that Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook trade. And they got to sleep in it for a little bit longer because, man, the bottom is falling out with them. And they keep losing every game straight. With all this being said, though, the Thunder need to join them. And lose a lot more because they just beat the Raptors the other night. The Thunder, are, <laughs> the Thunder currently are ninth as far as the worst teams in the NBA go or having the ninth best odds in the lottery at 20 and 27. But there's so many teams like right around there. We had the whole how to fix the NBA Pelicans. The Pelicans have the 10th best pick in the draft if the draft just goes in order. And that's a team that I think you and I both go, they should be trying to make the playoffs, not, not top in the lottery. And listen... This draft is stacked, but no one's gonna tell me anything differently. That this draft is not top five, top six picks, and then a little bit of a drop off, at least if not more. Um, I think you and I are gonna to go to bat, and maybe we'll have the offseason NBA podcast of a draft preview, where I talk about Kay Cunningham being the next, you know, the next great thing, and somebody else goes, hey, "Look out! Have you seen Jalen? Um, one of the three of them, or have you seen Evan Mobley?" But the Thunder got to keep losing, honestly, to uh, to get a better draft pick. I mean, Minnesota has twelve wins on the season. Shout out to the Timber Pups for getting over ten wins, double digits finally at least. But yeah, the Thunder have uh, have twenty wins, so they've got to do a, a lot of losing to maybe Minnesota, to Houston, to um, to Orlando, even um, you know, but really to Chicago because it looks like Chicago has. Am I reading this right? No, no, there's no way. Um must be orlando is yeah orlando's eighth worst in the league and their pick they just get to keep um
1: well we know at least the thunder will be on a two game losing streak after uh, tomorrow and saturday they are on the road at phoenix and at portland and we mm. already know uh yeah you know, what chris paul is going to do to them tomorrow night and then of course you know well damian lillard is the thunder slayer correct
0: I got to give it up to Damian Lord. Way to hold a grudge, man. I mean, literally, I don't think any of the guys who were starting on that team that he played against that he waved by to still play for the Thunder. So Damian Lord still like just absolutely just hate the Rockets for whatever he hit the buzzer, beater against them so many years back too. And I think there's game six or game seven, I forget. Um, but And shot honestly, Damian Lord... I have such a hard time rooting for him because of how that series ended and how high <laughs> hopes I had for the Thunder for that season. Um, going back, what is it, two years ago? Gosh, it just seems like so much longer. But yeah, I think it going to be two because I was out in San Diego at the time, and, I mean, I graduated from college three years ago, so I wasn't living out in San Diego you know, before when I was still in college. So it had to be just two years ago. Um, maybe it's coming up on three this year. My math's off, but... Good Lord, shout out to Damon Lord, because honestly, like he holds a grudge like no other, and yeah, he is the Thunder quote unquote slayer for whatever it is. Also, I do want to say here, Walter would definitely be rushing Damon Lord for this as well, as a fellow Thunder fan, at least um you know, like myself here. Gotta say, Damon Lord, you made a shoe and I know we've <laughs> talked about this before. You made a sneaker that is about your win over Oklahoma City. Which, you hit that shot over Paul George. It was a great shot, man. I cannot deny that it was a beautiful way to end the game and a playoff series and the Thunder's existence as a whole from that iteration. On the other hand, cool. You won, you know, the first round of the playoffs, like, and you made a shoe. I mean, I would be making that shoe when it's like the backside of your career, not where it's you're still possibly in your prime. I mean, if you could play in this good, he's definitely in his prime. So, anyways, that's what's my that's my little Damian Little Durant for the day. But um Thunder got no. at the end of the day, Thunder got to keep losing to get a better draft pick. They're ninth yeah. best draft odds right now. <laughs> I mean, they just paid Moses Brown. I mean, you yeah, know, he's not a two-way <laughs> player anymore. Portland, what what's you doing, Damian Lord? You couldn't keep Moses Brown? So, anyways, <laughs> um I I don't know. That's uh <laughs> It's just bizarre to me that Thunder keep finding ways to win. Um I don't know if anyone else listens to a bunch of the Ringer podcast as much as I do or not to listen to this podcast here, but I listened to a bunch of the Ryan Rossillo and Bill Simmons stuff. And the one thing Rosillo said before, which I will repeat because it is odd to me too, is how many times the Thunder keep winning these games when they just should not be winning these games. I mean, that is bizarre. Um, you know, Walter's talking about their playoff aspirations. I don't know why I'd say they could make the playoffs just because they're not that far over right now and because they keep it looks like they keep trying to win so nonetheless um yeah that's, that's all i have to say about the thunder playoff odds uh they're only they are four and six over the last 10 you, you can't have on me almost <laughs> at 500 less in games so i'll all, kind of in my little thunder with there, walter i will say we missed the power rankings this time they'll be back next time hopefully maybe we can uh We have Walter power rank some Jordan's, maybe power rank his favorite basketball shoes or or maybe we can just do a basketball shoe segment. Depending on depending on what Walter's down for, maybe we can kind of adjust the NBA power rankings a little bit from him and kind of try to steal it back here. Uh, Take it back for uh, Calvin and Joel for a minute or two. We'll see. But. But, man, um, we'll get we'll get well back next week. At some point, Zev will join you on a podcast as well. So I hope so.
1: I hope so. And we get all four of us. man. That'll be that be a lot of fun getting all four of us together. And uh, again, I haven't personally met Zev. Um, obviously, I know he filled in for uh, multiple weeks, multiple weeks, and did a, a, a great job. But uh, yeah, looking forward to this, get us all four together. D- looking forward to Walter coming back. I know he provides uh, a, a strong comic relief. Um, yeah, he also takes shots very well. Um, uh, Cause uh, yeah, I like I like to uh, I like to go at Walter and uh, I think it provides good entertainment.
0: Yeah, and, and I will say this as well. Whenever we end like kind of closer to the end of the podcast, then that's when the power rankings just kind of fall <laughs> off because I'm just tired at that point and I'm just kind of <laughs> just loopy myself. So I'm just making fun of Walter for whatever I can cross my straws because I'm out of it. So I don't know. With all that being said, please go follow at the the tour on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, keep up to date with the latest news and notes, the latest episode of the podcast. We now have the video. So if you are watching the podcast, thank you so much for doing that on YouTube. But if you're listening to the podcast and you want to see Joel's beautiful face and my beautiful face as well, as well as kind of an upshot of Walter's face for the
1: last episode of the podcast. Get a little ceiling, a little ceiling in there.
0: You know, get a little ceiling energy in there. Get a little of uh, Walter didn't know we were recording via video, even though I said, hey, it's a quarter- on video and then he was on Skype ground video either way uh, <laughs> hey, Calvin,
1: Calvin real quick April yeah. 23rd 2019 Is that, that it was the shot that was the shot to put oh, him at <laughs> the 50 point three point <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cap him off a 50 point effort man 50 point effort to send a thunder. Sorry. Sorry It did April 23rd 2019. You're right two years ago. Oh my god less <laughs> than two years ago How
0: how is I? The whole league has changed. Paul George has run on every team.
1: Russell Westbrook has been know, on two different know, on teams. Yeah, it go for it. Paul George, Westbrook, you had Terrence Ferguson out there, Dennis Schroeder, and you had uh, uh, Jeremy Grant out there. So you are correct. There is nobody left.
0: <laughs> None of those guys still play for the Thunder. In fact, one of those guys has played for two different teams, two teams. in T. Ferg. And Westbrook, actually, too.
1: Hey, yeah, I was going to say, yep, Terrence Ferguson just recently moved. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think t Ferg might have been waved, too. I feel bad for him. But, um, anyways, with all being said, thanks for the heads up, Joel. I'll be April 23rd, <laughs> will be the uh, date Damian Lord, you know, waves by at the Thunder again or whatever, and Thunder Twitter goes nuts, but. Oh, well, I'll sigh. I have a big sigh of of depressing relief that day. Uh, we
1: uh, have thanks. to change the podcast date to that. We have to do a pod. We got to, It's a Friday of this year. We got to push our podcast to so that night. I got to. For Walter's sake, I have. we got to make it happen.
0: Maybe that's the in-person podcast. We can just go, <laughs> damn Lord, at the time, did you know ha- <laughs> by waving by the thunder, you were really waving hello to Carmelo Anthony. Hey, <laughs> see? See? No one saw that coming. You know? All right. I mean, you wait by to Mello on the Thunder. You said hello to him on the Blazers with all in one fell, one fell swoop of a shot. So, um, would Damon Lord still hit the shot if he knew Carmelo Anthony would join him? I don't know. Probably, right? I think he's only been an addition oh, to the team. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So, anyways, um, thanks so much for listening to the latest episode of the CJ Tour. Again, please follow the CJ Tour on Twitter and Instagram. Like and follow the latest tweets. Come follow us on, uh, YouTube. It's um, over on my YouTube channel here, so I'll have to just keep tweeting out the link, because I think it's The Venue on YouTube, which is a website that was in production, and it still is in production. So with all that being said, thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you guys again soon. Peace.
1: Still one of the best memes ever. One of the best memes ever. The, the straight face, everybody's going crazy, hugging him, cheering him on, and he just doesn't change his look, man. That was, you can't tell me.